0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Too kind, How are we doing, church? Feeling good today? Who was up early? We're all up early. It's say the aim service, isn't it? I don't know what day it is, what time it is. Sally is still not sleeping through the night, but that's okay. God is still good. We've got a fantastic morning ahead of us, um, and it's my privilege to. To lead this panel um, with some brilliant people from our church. So I'm going to invite them up. Um, We've got Mark McLennan who's going to come up on the stage. Now, Mark is one of our unreal dads of the house. Um, The verse that I was kind of thinking about was out of Psalm and it says, um, like arrows in um, the hand of a warrior, like like children born in one's youth. Um, And the thing about Mark that I have so much appreciation for is just his ability to be steadfast, to be um, a lover of his family and to see how his family respond to him walking through these doors and seeing your daughters talk about you the way that they do and see them sing and i and i i just see this as just this incredible um presence that you bring as a dad um and as someone that's so well respected so i appreciate sure, i appreciate you mark i want to hear what you've got to say this morning and sarah beautiful sarah Mark's daughter, but not in the shadow of Mark by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Creative, um, incredible songwriter, singer. Sarah, I'm just in awe when I see you get up on stage and do what you do. Um, it's just a whole other level, and so to see the the synergy between these two on stage this morning, I'm really excited to see where that where that all goes. So, um, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get any skeletons out of the closet between these two. Uh, before we go any further, though, welcome to our onlineers who are joining us today. It is awesome to have you with us. Um, I hope you're sitting back, having a nice cup of coffee. I think there's still a few people away, holiday, and got um, the old still away. Hope you're tuning in, and um, it's going to be a good morning. All right, let's get started. All right, Mark. You've got to give us some of your best dad jokes. It's Father's I, Day.
1: I believe mine got used on morning television. What do you call a place that just makes okay things? Satisfactory. <laughs>
2: Perfect. I was
1: saving it and then it got used. I like it. I like it.
0: Mine was, uh, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Sophisticated. Oh, very,
1: yeah. very nice. There
0: we go. <laughs> <laughs> gotta got clean up and get a, get some better dad jokes. I about. think
1: we could do just a service of dad jokes, yeah. and that would be enough.
0: I reckon we can get a one liner. I reckon Matt Matt has got a few up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I think that video needs to resurface. If you're telling your story at the dinner table, I always appreciate seeing that one come up. <laughs> um, okay, um, Sarah, can you tell us something that you love about your dad?
2: Yes. Um In thinking about this, um, I I decided that the the thing that stands out most about Dad is just his warmth Um, because he's the kind of person that when he walks in the room, he brings that warmth, the brightness, his laugh, his smile, all those kind of things. Um, But it's not even just in the big, the the up moments, but it's in the quiet moments too. Um, If you're having a serious chat with Dad, he has this warmth about him and it's, it's the best thing ever, so I'm really appreciative of that.
0: Did he, ever, did he ever embarrass you when you were a kid? I, I, he comes across as the sort of guy that would look for those opportunities and take them.
2: I know. Well, when I think about this, I'm like, well, yeah. But then um, he's, he's also, like, growing up, he was really cool and just loved by everybody. So it wasn't... But I, what I did decide is that we definitely had some quirks that were really just of our family. And so the one that, that stood out to me was that if we were in a public place... Um, like the, a shop or a market or, or wherever um, and they couldn't find us and he needed to locate us, um, either any of us girls, there would be the whistle. And so, yeah, that's the whistle. And so if we were in a busy, yeah, public place we, if, and we heard that whistle, we all had to go, right, where do we need to go? Where are we, we? And we'd follow the whistle and then we'd locate them again, um, which I always thought was a little bit weird. We'd hear this whistle and go... Where do need to go? Must
0: be that generation. I still remember it. Yeah. yeah. If I heard that, yeah. I was switched on. Right. You've got to oh, have yeah. a different <laughs> whistle
1: to every other father. What well, so. whistle?
0: What can you, Mark? What was the whistle? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Like it would be our unique whistle, bird whistle because would be What for them. each kid? No, no, no. Oh. Yes. I was going <laughs> to say, gosh. <laughs> <That'd be impressive. laughs> that would be impressive.
0: That would be impressive. That would be impressive. Sounds like a fun house to grow up in. <laughs> Mark, you've got you've got three children.
1: I've actually got four daughters. Four daughters? Yeah. Jasmine came to live with us when she was 14 yes. as a foster child. Um, she probably was more work than the other three put together, but she is definitely my daughter. So four daughters.
0: Four daughters. I'm going to take that correction. Sorry, Mark. Four daughters. Can you tell us the top two things, the top two things you've learned as a parent, some parenting tips for raising or well, raising children, raising daughters? My ears are on. I've got two daughters and, and a son and... I I need all the help I can get. So anything that you can offer us for some wisdom this morning?
1: Well, I I think the first thing was that we really tried to instill in our kids that our love was unconditional regardless of the things they went through. And in their teen years, there was some pretty heavy stuff, and their later teen years, there was some pretty heavy stuff. And trying to bring that across to them so that they knew that they could come to us with anything and that we would be okay. We would find a solution, we would work through it and we would support them as best we could. That was probably the, the top thing. Another thing was that we decided early on with our kids that we weren't there to entertain them um, what we wanted to do was for them to experience real life. And our life was busy. We were pastoring a church, we were working. We were... And so they just came everywhere with us and experienced everything we did, the difficulties, the highs, the lows, um, whether it was uh, working in the garden and landscaping or whether it was um, pastoring a church. They were, they were there and they were part of it. And as such, I think they saw how you just had to adapt to each situation. Um, we certainly learned that no kids are the same and each of our three girls are so... Each of our four girls here, okay, uh, are so unique and each one of them requires very specific management of how we deal with the things that come up with them and even the day-to-day. They need different aspects of our affection, our love, our encouragement and so we tried to make sure that we... We did those things, so, yeah, that would probably be my tops.
0: I love that. It's such a, I think we're always quite critical of ourselves as parents in in a lot of ways, Um, and I think being introspective about that is is really important. You seem like the kind of guy that can be really, um, really wise about your own actions. Is there anything you would change as a parent that you look back and go, oh, that was one thing that if I had my time again, I I would do that differently?
1: I... I think my kids would recognise that I hit a sweet spot, and Sean actually verbalises it as my sweet spot, um, where I became more a friend and mentor rather than a disciplinarian and enforcer, (laughs) which I had to be in in the younger years. And I guess I wish I'd hit that sweet spot earlier. I wish I'd been having coffee with my girls at 12 rather than at 20 or 30, um, because there were such good conversations happened during those times when I set aside very individual time. Um, When Sarah was 13, she... um, I was taking a group of 19 kids over to America and she definitely wanted to come. Uh, And I said, no, it's too expensive. Uh, I go for free. You're not coming. Uh, And so she got a job at Henny Penny at 13 and worked so many shifts and she came to America with me and something changed. And I think we hit our sweet spot as father-daughter on that trip because she saw that, how I interrelated with other people was exactly the same as I interrelated with my kids at home. I wasn't a different person outside of the home. I treated everybody the same. And um, she saw how I managed situations that came up and I think it gave her a little bit of an insight as to who I was as a person, not as a dad. And um, I love that. The other aspect is consistency. Uh, I guess... When you when you're going through parenthood there's no guide and with everything just coming at you and oh that's new I haven't seen that before you, you just I wish I'd been able to maintain a little bit more consistency in the early years something has got away from me and but on that we go back we apologize and we say I, I acknowledge that you know wow uh, and and I'm still working on that. You know, there's things that I'm still working on with some of my daughters about things that I've done in my early years that I, I would have liked to have done better with them. So, mm.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, we're all working progress, aren't we? We're all on a different journey. And um, Sarah, in your experience, what were some of the, the good things that you found your parents did, your dad did?
2: Um, well, first of all, they showed us a really good example of what love can look like. Um, in that um, it wasn't roses all the time. Um, They even, I remember they would have some arguments and I think it was strategic in front of us um, where we would like even just peripherally experience them working through something, um, take some time, come back and work through it, um, kiss and make up, that's an important part too and then watch life go back to normal and see what that can kind of functionally look like. So that to me gave me a sense of what a real team can look like. Which I appreciated, yeah. But um, I think the other thing that I've realised that we we actually had growing up, which is pretty incredible, was this balance between um, unconditional love and also letting us learn um, through things. Because, yes, there was discipline, um, but we also were able to learn a lot of hard lessons um, and, and responsibility, things from, like driving, losing your licence, if you have to, you're not going to get bailed out of everything. And even I remember Sharni was a bit of a rev head when she was younger and, and instead of, like, just hammering on her and, and, and being cranky about it, I remember mum just used to pray that she would... Kamikaze prayer, yeah. she calls it. Yeah. Um, and, and so... And and I think she did, right? She did, yeah. She,
1: she prayed that Sean would get a significant speeding ticket. Yes. And she did. Yeah. And... Thank you, Lord. <laughs> she slowed down. <laughs>
2: yeah, which is cool because there's two different ways you can go with that. You can just yeah, um, and f- from earning to get things like the America trip, to which friends we make and how we navigate that, even up to making international moves. They let us do things to to learn. Um, but there's also always been this absolutely know your love. You can always ask for help and things like that. So. Um, and I think I've seen these days a lot of extremes in parenting, where you can go really extreme either side. You can coddle and protect kids from everything, and so they don't have to learn any responsibility, which builds up a whole gamut of problems. And you can give them go the other way and give them so much free reign that an um, almost sense it builds this sense of too much self-sufficiency sufficiency and independence that comes with its own lot of problems so um, and now I'm a mum so I am starting to understand just how daunting that is to start to navigate of finding that balance between the two um, but I feel really appreciative that I, I feel like we, we got an example of, of some really good balance there.
0: Yeah and that whole protection thing is, is a really interesting one because you probably would, would have experienced some sorts of the the protection as well as the kind of letting it go. Mm-hmm. Um we can sometimes create more problems than we than we solve by protecting our kids too much. Um, and you had a particularly tricky season overseas with a relationship. Can you talk us through um, how your dad supported you through that? Like, what was your experience with your dad through that through that time?
2: Yeah. So. Um so in my early 20s, I moved over to New York to um, uh, explore some music opportunities over there and worked over there for a little while. Um, and I have told my story once in a, like, a, uh, I did a story in a song there. So if you've heard it before, that's kind of it. Um, but really, I, uh, when I lived over there, I, I, was, I got into a relationship um, and almost um, in a sense of, you know, ticking boxes, I felt like you needed to do the next things in life, and it was time to get married, because I'd gotten into a relationship, so um, so I, I got married over there, um, but that relationship um, turned really unhealthy, and um, over time, there was, um, I, I discovered that my partner had a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol, and with that developed... Um, these abusive behaviours and it wasn't just physical even though it, it kind of got there towards the end but it's all the different layers of it and um, the journey of discovering and kind of in a way uh, grasping that something is really fundamentally wrong um, that there's a big problem in a relationship can take a while and it's a big pill to swallow and so um, and, and learning that if I didn't let somebody else in a layer, that it was eventually going to just swallow me whole completely was a really big thing to learn um, and it wasn't like you know, I could go and tell, shout it from the rooftops immediately, but I had to let somebody in a layer um, and that happened to be my parents first um, so bringing them in uh, to that, I, I mean it's I, I wanted to handle it and because I've grown up with very capable parents um, very mm-hmm. You know, so I felt like, because uh, I had a great faith, I should be able to handle it, and somehow this was just, I had been tasked with this. So realising that over time that that was perhaps not the case um, and that I had to ask for help was was a really important thing. Um, and so I guess the, the takeaways from that that I went through was probably that asking for help, um, no matter how clunky it can feel and how much... Pride swallowing it takes and and the the shame and all the different layers is so, so important. Um, Just letting somebody in a layer um, and it's never too late, um, but also that relying on God doesn't mean not taking action. So that was my, I feel like I had a faith, I I was close with God, so therefore I just had to take it on, but um, it doesn't, it means really dealing with the hard stuff as well. Um, Yeah, and then I guess. It just meant uh, when it did come to that crunch time, having that foundation that I knew my parents were going to be okay with it, no matter how scary it felt, um, meant everything. It meant I could let them in that layer. So finding somebody that you can let in that layer, that you have that unconditional love, trust with, meant I, everything. I think,
1: though, <laughs> reaching that point of independence and you were such an independent child. You left for New York with a suitcase and nowhere planned where you were going to stay and for us as parents that was just oh my gosh but you know we just had to let you go Um, and finding out what was going on in your life you gave us subtle signs but as parents we needed to be so perceptive to read the little things that were That's not right. There's something not right. And I remember the Skype phone call where we hopped off that call and we thought, nah, there's something not good here. And the very next day, Sue bought a plane ticket and she flew to New York. And it was that sense of giving permission, you know, it's okay that things aren't bad. You, we, can, we can navigate through this and, and helping you to navigate out of that bad relationship and, and be okay was really significant. So sometimes the onion takes a little bit of peeling to get to the... Yeah.
0: And, I mean, in those situations, you probably would like nothing more than just to pluck your daughter oh. out of there and bring her home and, and do the fatherly thing. But obviously that's not the response that is, no. is really ever appropriate in that. How How do you... What advice would you give us when you see your kids going through a tough time and you're like, I need to maintain um, the relationship here, but at the same time I need to support them? How did you navigate that?
1: I think our silent mantra as parents was always Proverbs 22 verse 6, "Teach your children in the ways they should go, and when they get old, they will not forget. And we had done so much work when they were younger we just had to allow God to develop their faith, their trust, and also, uh, I guess, a sense of resilience. Um, And God certainly taught Sarah resilience. She didn't... When we we managed to help her through that initial situation, she didn't just come home with us. She stayed on another two two or three years uh, because that was her resilience building time. I have... Gotten through this initial i 'm not just going to cower and let that go my my God is bigger than that and and she went on and I think that was very significant in her um, development of who she is today and the things that she 's now had to face in yeah. early
0: was the relationship with your own dad part of how you processed and how you protected and looked after. It? your daughter and your daughters during those difficult times? Is there there any mirroring happening
1: there? My dad was an ambulance superintendent for my entire childhood. Um, Above my desk is all his epaulettes and his service medals for 36 years of service. And when he retired, my dad's now passed, but when he retired and then when he passed, my mum gave me his watch. And that watch sits on my desk and it reminds me so sadly of the time that I didn't have my dad because um, dad was so involved in work and everything was... We lived at ambulance station so he was never off call. He was always there. And um, it just reminded me that I had a lot of missed time with my dad. And I put this question... We went camping last week to... to Lake St Clair, and around the campfire when everybody's just nice and mellow I put this question to all of my extended family and sis extended family and what I came up with was I think that sometimes um we develop our identity as fathers in spite of our own fathers and we make the decisions that didn't work for me I I didn't have a great relationship with my dad I didn't not like him. I just had no relationship. And I was determined that I wanted to make that different for my girls. And so right from the very start, that's what we've tried to do. And I think we've got great relationships with our kids. Uh, so, yeah.
0: So good. You know, I've, I've always appreciated the, um, the idea that we see God through the similar lenses of how we see our own dads. And I want to Sarah, as you were going through that, as we kind of wrap up, as you were going through that really difficult time, the way that you saw your own dad... And then the way that you saw God and how you navigated that space and were able to maintain hope. Can you speak into how you were able to do that in in light of everything going on?
2: Yeah. Well, what I've... The way I've kind of... Um, I, uh, the way I like to describe it is that um, I always had this anchor of faith. And so it, it, what that meant was that there was, in my mind, as I'm very visual, um, in my mind there was a line up to the surface, but it doesn't, didn't matter then what crazy stuff could have been happening up there, sometimes calm, sometimes really, like I was being pulled in different directions. I really felt like that anchor was strong so that it didn't matter if I was crying in my car most nights or having to start over from scratch and, um, or yeah, or, or, or anything. Um, I knew at the end of the day, there was this bottom line that wasn't going anywhere, um, that I know I'm loved, God has my future, and it will be okay, and there is hope. Even though I I couldn't, you know, I wasn't smiling in that, I wasn't, I was still doing all the things, but that was my bottom line. Um, And I actually looked into that, because I was like, there's got to be some example of how, you know, when when an anchor's being pulled, it deepens, and I've left my phone down there, so I'll have to try and remember it. But um, I looked up, you know, how an anchor gets deeper. And it, and it literally says, when you look it up, um, that um, if an anchor is placed right, when the, the winds and the seas pull it in, deep, in, in these different directions, it actually gets deeper and stronger down there. Um, and when I read that, I was like, well, that's, that's exactly what it has felt like. Um, and it's because I had this example of consistency growing up from my parents, that, that I really feel like i got that anchor deep. But at the end of the day, too, God is the consistent. Um, and that's what really um, gave me hope to, to get through things. Yeah. Wow.
0: What a time that must have been. And even, even to see, I mean, I hear you sitting there, Sarah, and you're talking about your hope. And I just, I can't help but think as a dad, Mark, to hear your daughter talk about that must be so encouraging that even through the mistakes and through the good things and through the bad things, that at the end of the day, we hold, we give our kids to God and we trust that they're going to be looked after. Um, and that must be just such a special thing for you to see. If you've ever
1: looked out at me when my girls are up here singing, I'm just a mess because I know their journeys. I know what they've been through and I see the faith that they live which has got the same integrity that we've tried to have that doesn't doesn't stop when they walk off this stage it's when they go out there and when they have their week and, and I know when Sarah comes to our front door and I can see it in her face oh uh-uh, this is going to be a crying moment so we open it we hug we don't need to say anything because I know that she has foundational stuff there that will get her through whatever it is. Our job is just to let her know yeah we're in it together and you have a father in heaven who is going to just give you that same encouragement that I try to give her so that's great i love it
0: so good mark yeah give him a clap Thank you. thanks so much for sharing so honestly and bravely and, and letting us in to that space and that relationship between you two you know, I always find you know our relationship and our faith in god has to be in him alone for it to be steadfast, for it to be solid. You know, we tend to put our faith in a lot of things in life and all of them are fleeting. But that idea of the anchor, that as it keeps going deeper, it gets stronger. It gets more grounded. It, it, it can hold us through the, the biggest of storms. Um, and so just as we finish, Mark, I would love it if you were able to maybe pray for all the dads in the house this morning, um, all the parents really, um, that they would not only have their own hope in God, but that their kids would see the hope that they have. And this kind of this this um, cascading effect of as I look up, as I hold on to my hope, my kids and the generations will find their
1: hope as well.
0: And I just love it if you could pray that over us while we as we finish up.
1: Father God, we We look at our kids when they're first born and there is that love which seems to surpass anything else as we look at them when they first come out lord that love that desire for them to excel and be everything that they can be never changes and for parents it is the hardest of hardest jobs lord to watch them grow and experience life with all that is thrown at them to see the difficulties that they go through and to know as parents how to to best manage and to best support them in those times. Father, you have given us such a great example. You are our Heavenly Father. You sacrificed your Son to allow us to have the life that you, you have planned for us. Father, I just pray for the parents in this room that they would just embrace that sacrifice and recognise that everything you have done, all that you have spoken, all that you have said, gives them the tools, gives them the strength that they need to deal with the day-to-day parenting of their children, Lord. May your grace be upon them to, to deal with the, the enormity of some of the situations they face as, as parents, Lord. May our fathers have integrity and show their children that that they may not be perfect, but they are there. And they are present and they are trying hard. Father, may you give them the patience and may they learn from your love just what it means to be given this gift of children and to watch them grow and like quivers in their, like arrows in their quiver, Lord, they just are are such a blessing and we thank you, Father. For this opportunity we have as parents, may we not stuff it up, but may we continue to look to you for guidance and for help. Amen.
0: Amen. And for anyone in the room who may not have connected with God before, I just wanted to say that there is a God in heaven. He is our Heavenly Father. He sent His Son to die on a cross so that we could have a connected relationship with Him and no longer be separated. And we would love to help you along that journey and get you started on that journey. And so we've got some pastors who would love to meet with you down the front. So if that's you this morning, we'd just love for you after the service to come down and say hi, either come and see myself or Don. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.